Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Astrologer Bill Atride radio show. Um, I'm sorry I haven't been with you for a couple of months, but I had an incident where I began to lose my voice a couple of months ago, and I had to get uh, surgery, and it's all corrected, and I'm feeling fine. But uh, as a consequence, I couldn't, well, I couldn't speak for a little while. <laughs> then I had to get my voice back and, and use it, of course, for my work and uh, take care of myself. So I'm glad to be back with you now, and I hope to do uh, quite a few more shows here to finish out the year. So there's this show today and I'm planning on doing another show on the 17th and whatever we don't get to today, I promise to get to next time. I'm, I'm anticipating that next show will be looking at both Venus turning direct and Mercury on pretty much the same day turning retrograde. So that should be interesting as well as covering the normal stuff. Um, as I hope to do today, Jupiter going into Sag, or I may not get to that today, but I will then do it next time as well as just looking at the other topical changes that are occurring up there in the heavens and how they reflect or influence life down here on earth. Um, but today's show, what I wanted to do was sort of to stop and consider, you know, since we're near the end of the year, where are we now and what have we come through and what have been the, the major influences that have been operating for us that can help us understand the times that we're in. And we look at universal energies or the energies of the planets that we are uh, participating in, as it were, um, in, in a hierarchy that there's, of course, Pluto and then Neptune and then within that Uranus, the three outer planets, and their interweaving patterns and relationships with one another definitely tell the tale of, of what we are going through in these bigger arcs of our history and, and culture and society. And then we look at also Saturn and Jupiter in, in, in a more quicker way of looking at things that are influencing and eliciting change for us here and opportunities to grow. And on the biggest level, of course, what I've been talking about really since 2007-8 is Pluto is still marching through Capricorn. Um, and we're still addressing that, that, that issue of deconstruction of civilization and hopefully the big moving towards a new civilization. But this deconstruction that Pluto often brings about in Capricorn is said to run from 2008, in our case, up to 2024. So by no means is it done or over. And there are many elements of that we now see clearly in our culture and society in terms of institutions being broken down and re recombined and things passing away and orders being overthrown. And there are destroyers on the planet doing their job to crash through and break up old systems and performers trying to preserve and, and, and the fears of the future trying to bring about the new world we're moving into. And we're all watching this play out before us, certainly. And then we look at our friend Neptune, who's moving through the pine, sign of Pisces right now for the first time since the 1840s and 50s and stirring up many things in terms of its calling for universal love and understanding. And Uranus, the principle of freedom, independence, and originality of freer minds, equally having its way in terms of trying to help us become not so immersed in community, community that we lose identity, become part of the, the horde, or if we become too, uh, too righteously individualistic, we become absolute libertarians in doing what we will without consideration of how that may hurt or harm one or many others. And so there's this delicate balance, and that's really the one I wanted to speak to today. Uh, and after I do so, I will then open up um, 
the, the show for people with questions. I see some of you already holding on here, and I will promise to get to you in the second half. But at least today, I'd like to talk about two things going on, hopefully. And, and then again, uh, I'll get back with you in two weeks or so to do another show. And I'll, I'll return to my normal time of Saturday. At, and if you do wish to contact me, you can always email me at bill at tried at gmail.com. Um, and, and I would certainly answer your questions or, or suggestions for topics for future shows. So today's show, uh, and then in two weeks, another show, and then hopefully in two or three weeks, another show, just keep rolling them out here to stay on top of both current events and the need to sort of share what I understand about uh, history and philosophy and spirituality with you all. And of course, astrology. <laughs> so, so in terms of the principal universal factor that's been really governing the whole planet, if you will, during this period we're in from 2017 into 2019, is this aspect that is formed between two bodies. Their cycle of relationship is of Uranus in Neptune. Um, which it takes about 170 years. And what we're experiencing right now is after that conjunction, which occurred back in the early 90s, uh, they are now forming what's called a waxing semi-square in astrology. That's the first realizable critical aspect that shows there's now a creative frisson of energy, a crisis of energy between the new order released and the old order at that time. So we like to see this cycling of Uranus or Neptune, or I do, as it concerns the integral balance, or not, between the forces of individualism, which would be Uranus, and versus communalism, which would be Neptune, or between freedom of individuals counterbalanced by the constraints formed by sacrificing some portion of that freedom for or to the community. Or, as I might even more prefer to characterize it better, better in purely spiritual terms, these two planets deal with the interweaving, integral dance between freer minds and unconditional love. At any point in a community, <clears throat> oh, there goes my voice again. Sorry, at any point in a community, culture, or civilization, whether we're looking at human types as hunter-gatherers or farmers and craftspersons or the rural-urban divide, among many other distinctions and differences, there are found differing mixtures and balances and imbalances between these two great energy forms that determine the degree to which the individual freedom and communal harmony can coexist. And looking at this historically, we could look back to the previous conjunction of Uranus and Neptune, which was 1821. And then the semi-square, which is like the current phase we're in right now, was 1845 to 47. So in our cycle, that would be the conjunction was back in 1993, and our semi-square is happening here in 2017 to 19. If we look back just at Western history, for example, it was in 1821 that the world saw the defeat of Napoleon and what we now see is the end of an age and the beginning of the so-called modern world driven by the Industrial Revolution. It was the transition from aristocracy and the landed gentry type of political economy and culture to that of the industrial age and wage laborers and through that into the 19th and 20th centuries, that model prevailed. By the 1840s, when Uranus and Neptune reached their critical phase of this relationship we have now, and at any waxing semi-square, we will witness the pull of the unfolding culture clashing with the powers of the old order, seeking to prevail and pull it back from those changes. 
In the 1840s, exactly then, Europe was torn by revolutions across the whole of Europe as the old order of power was challenged by disruptions of the modern forces of their emerging age. Well, let's flash forward to our time. And in our time, the conjunction of 1993 marked the end of the principal divide and struggle between the communist and capitalist models of the political economic world. The USSR and Eastern Europe, the Berlin Wall, they all came down and some scholars even boastfully claimed that history was at an end and the liberal world order would spread now across the globe. <clears throat> but of course, the march of history and, and of human nature and spiritual unfoldment is not nearly done or work through all of the darkness, fear, and karmic damages that remain. Though there were some hints and hopes of a spreading world of democracy and, and liberal ideals, they were most certainly counterpointed by the disruptions of the modernizing world that elicited a response from many individuals and communities and cultures who now yearn to turn back to older models of individuality and communality in the many millennial movements and other reactions that wish to pull themselves, if not the entire world, back into a previous golden age for them, i.e. groups like Al-Qaeda and ISIS and others, while equally individuals and communities and nations fought to spread their ideals and force their worldview upon those who were not wishing this at all, like in the Afghan war and the Iraq war and the Libyan war and many others. Moreover, what was emerging in the 1990s and what has become to pervade almost every corner of the earth, the so-called digital revolution, which promised to free and equalize all and build the first true worldwide community was happening. That's when the, then the internet began and, and computers were being, were proliferating everywhere. And we began to all plug in to this, very, very powerful phenomenon. But once again, these promises also led to unforeseeable disruptions in old community connections and forms of business. Individual, individuals, communities, and industries lost all that they had as an economic order swept through empowering many, but leaving many now more unmoored from their past and fearful about their future point we are today is these forces have been collecting and building and strengthening and, and the divides growing. And so in 2017 to 19, we are in the middle of a worldwide backlash against these changes that semi-square is pulling us one way and the other, and we cannot find the center, as well as these forces now are pushing to bring about a newer, not necessarily better world. The extremist elements on both sides of rampant individualism and suffocating communalism of forces seeking to destroy all restraints and those seeking to bend their lives, communities, and way of life back to a more homogeneous communal ideal are ripping through the remaining bonds of commonly held roots, as well as seeking to redefine and rebalance the rights of the individual versus the rights of the many. Just like in the 1840s, Revolution and counter-revolutions are convulsing our world and the center, whatever that may be for those who rear back from those at the leading edge of the forces of chaos or total control, the center cannot seem to hold. 
It is always at times like these, and really in any time at all, that we need to hold in our hearts and minds and guide our actions by the universal wisdom and perennial truths to find our way through this most confusing time. I would advocate, as always, to meet fear with love, for you must stand firm in the truth that we are all part of the one, and to harm any other equally harms your very self, too. There is no freedom for any until there is self-fulfillment and happiness for all. Preserve, protect, and participate in all your vital communities of family and of the larger community and culture. For it is by them that you find your palette or of sensibilities and value and meaning. And it is from this that you create your own quintessential life story of you. So that's, that is what is affecting the entire planet. And obviously we see along with Pluto going through Capricorn and other influences that this is a time that is certainly unlike one that we have seen of recent late, as I say, we haven't gone through changes like this for 250 years. And now added to the mix is this very tense aspect between Neptune and Uranus that is pulling on us and pushing on us to try to find this balance of our individuality and our communities. But here for the USA, specifically, there's something else that's coming in, and it's again through our good friend Neptune. Um, again, I love to study history and then look at these cycles of planets and see where it was happening back then when things were occurring and how does that reflect or resonate in times like we are going through. And you can find these correspondences and reflections throughout going back ages and ages. It's quite amazing. Again, at each point, humans have the capability and capacity to sort of respond differently as we awaken and do better by these energies. The energies don't make us good or bad. That's on us in terms of how spiritually aware and how much that awareness has spread to be shared by the many. So for us in the USA, that planet Neptune is also doing something very special here in both 2017 into 2018, into the beginning of 2019, really. The last time this particular aspect occurred in the USA's chart, it's only been once before, um, was in the period of the mid-1850s. And it was one of the final great aspects in the USA chart before we entered our civil war. I am not claiming then that we're heading to a civil war, but many certainly are very fearful about something like that is approaching if we don't find a way to turn away from these great conflicts we are engaged in. This aspect is, uh, can be seen as a challenge of spirit or of universal love, that is Neptune, as it seeks to refine and reform at the degree to which we are creating and abiding under laws that are rooted in truth and spirit, because Saturn is that ruler of law and reality. So right now, Neptune is making this aspect to our Saturn in 2017 and 18 and 19. It's an inconjunct aspect, which is a rather, it's a shaping aspect that says something has to adjust here. Something has to give way because things are not as they should be. We are not whole. We are not complete. We are, we, are, we are ill at ease for some reason. Um, during the 1850s, the last time this happened, the struggle to it that there was the attempt to reverse the original sin of the United States, the denial of a portion of humanity based solely on race was leading to the most fundamental schism and war the USA has ever encountered. So I find it quite eerie and yet 
necessary, I suppose, that we, what, we are, what we see happening in our country today contains more than echoes of this previous period. 1950s, it was the irreconcilable conflict between two political economies, between slave and free labor between the North and the South that led to violent struggles in the political order in terms of people really having fistfights and, and beating one another and, and duels uh, what with, in terms of senators and congressmen. It was, we think our time is difficult and violent. They were really having at it within and outside the political order, um, but also throughout the culture in the states as, as the struggle can continue between slave and free, tremendous uh, uh, communities and individuals are fighting with one another for advocating one way or another of living. And so these violent struggles in the political order, as well as throughout the culture and through various communities, led to each seeking to protect and extend their way of life and livelihoods, which were not reconcilable because they were two principally different ways of being. So once again, we see our experiment in democracy now straining to bridge the yawning differences between our regions and peoples, between our coasts and our great middle, between the urban areas and the rural areas. We find ourselves not being able to agree, really, on a common definition of what America means and how it should be lived and governed. The tribalism and race baiting in our current politics is clashing with the modern attempt to both maintain our space of freedom for many and extend it to even more to accord justice and, and equality with regards to all of us, regardless of our ethnicity, our origin, our gender or belief. Whether we will avoid the terrible fate of our brothers and sisters who fought one another in the 1860s is a question that should make every one of us remember the necessity to be firm but loving in our conduct with one another. We need to reaffirm our cherished principles and those institutional forms and norms if we are not to lose our way and fall into a greater conflict. Uh, I, I am concerned, obviously, as I, we watch and look at history and look at these echoes from our past reverberating through our culture now and see the tone and tenor of how we conduct ourselves and if we divide into our tribes and communities that don't speak the same language with one, with one another and are, are being broken apart and broken apart, that it's so necessary that we think again upon uh, our origins and the ideals this country was founded upon and the greater ideals that it sprung from and be reminded to, to try to hold to those and conduct ourselves to one another with regard to all that is essentially important. And again, that may also be reflected for us here in the USA right now in that the planet Saturn, again, the teacher and tester, is moving through the heavens here every 29 years. It gets around the solar system. Um, and, and, and it seems about every 29 years when it lines up in the USA chart in this particular way it is doing this year, um, we run in this year into next year. It denotes a period when we do struggle again with our value and our meaning, because this is the year that Saturn is moving over the planet Venus and over our Jupiter, which we have together in our seventh house of relationship. The USA is so fortunate that it has a Venus-Jupiter conjunction in the house of our relationship to the world, speaking to our great generosity as one of the calling principles of our nation, that we are a generous nation, and by giving and giving, we keep receiving, and when we become more miserly and start taking more and more, we will have less and less. 
because we are founded upon this understanding that we are here to support one another, believe in one another, and empower one another to achieve our happiness. And happiness is not by having more things. It's not by having more power. It is to, comes from having greater self-fulfillment. We are here to create spaces with our Venus and Jupiter in that seventh house, spaces that allow for both the realization of the fullest realization of the individual in and through reasonable and meaningful and resonant communities that the two rely upon each other, develop only in accord with one another. And we have to agree to agree uh, to form these, these bodies of interrelationship that are made up of individuals, but who find their meaning and truth through the greater whole of that community that they belong with and to. So our country is founded on self-fulfillment, which is, again is a universal principle. So one of the abiding principles that we need to, uh, to uh, uh, uphold. And now that Saturn is opposite our Venus and opposite our Jupiter, we're questioning again, what is our value? And do we have value? And what is our truth and, and, and who defines what that truth is? And as we do so, we also hit some bumps in the road economically, because it seems every 29 years when Saturn goes over our Jupiter, uh, like, it, like it did in, in uh, 88 to 91, and it did in 59 to 62, and it did in 1929 to 32. Each time we had an economic hiccup, if not a major downturn, if not a great recession. And it's not that it makes these things happen. It's because we go into a period of questioning our values, having doubts about our values, and maybe not living them out as fully and authentically as we should. But it's also our opportunity as we are. This is an amazing teaching moment for us as a nation and for the world to consider again, what is truth? What is value and beauty? What is love for us? And to be reminded of these universal things is what the only thing we are here to understand. We're only here to become better humans. And we do that with and for one another in rightful relationships of generosity and understanding and true love. That was my little spiel for today, though there's much more. And of course, there's many more things to consider in that regarding what is happening in our time now. Perhaps one or more of you might have a question for me regarding that, if you wish to. If not, we can certainly just talk about whatever questions you may have regarding your own life and what is happening in it, which certainly will illustrate for other people uh, some of these universal themes as we talk about what you're going through as well. So I would be happy to take up any question at this time for, for all of you, and I'm going to turn to um, the person who's been holding on here the longest first and see who we have here. So you're on with, you're on with Bill. Hello. Um, who are you? Who's this? Hi, this is Priscilla, and I'm glad your Hi, voice Priscilla. is better. Oh, yeah. thank you. Yes, I, it was uh, it was quite a journey. I um I, uh, <laughs> I just briefly so people know what happened. I I began getting hoarse and was breaking up in in the summer or even the or late spring, and I didn't know what was going on. I thought it was a upper respiratory infection or something, and it would go away, and it didn't go away. And I finally went to see an ENT, and they said, "Oh no, this is not going away. You've got you've got a you got a polyp on your vocal cord." And it's not going to resolve itself given how long it's been there. So they recommended surgery, which I had. And uh, it's, it's, it sounds terrible, but it's not that difficult, but it's not that pleasant either. <laughs> and so oh. when, you have, when you have vocal cord surgery for a while, you, you really cannot speak. You really don't have a voice, which is an interesting experience. And since my whole life and work is about speaking, 
I needed to fix it, but I also had to take some time off, which is what I did. Um, but I'm well, glad to be back with you, you all, and, yeah. and I'm glad to be have you here today. Um, so, Priscilla, have I spoken to you before on the phone, or is this your first no, time? No, you or? haven't. This is my, this oh. is my first time. Yeah. Okay, great. So let me let me just put your name in here, um, and then do you are you calling about yourself today? I am. Yes. Okay. What what is your birth date? Uh, nine six sixty five. Nine six six five. Okay. And do you have a time of birth? Yes, ten a.m. Ten a.m. And what city were you born in? This is in India. It's A. M. as in Mary. B. as in boy. A. as in apple. L. as in Larry. A. as in apple. Ambala, India. You said right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. There it is. I got it. Good. I mean. Uh, and let me just pick, pull you up and see what I have here. And just to confirm that I got it right, it's September 6, 1965 at 10 a.m. Ambala, India. And you, as you may know your chart, you're a Virgo with a Capricorn moon and you have Scorpio rising. Is that correct? Correct. That's correct. Okay. So do you have a particular question for me or, or, or general? Yes, oh, I okay. do. Um, sure. Um, well, I'm, I'm planning to list my house sometime in the near future, and then I would love to move, and um, you know, then I would have to purchase another home. And I was thinking I, if the uh, chart shows anything about when this would happen, like a time frame. Mm-hmm. Um, and I you're hoping to – okay. Um, mm-hmm. When we're looking at major shifts of orientation and space for an individual, and we're talking then about – the chart's drawn up as this wheel, which is the space around the earth, and the four corners, as we say, the rising sign, the first house, the seventh house, the fourth, and the tenth, they're sort of the orientation mm-hmm. and space for the chart. Um, and so when things are crossing those lines, we might expect something happening that affects identity, you know, where I am or mm-hmm. who I'm with and things like that. Um, mm-hmm. If I'm looking at that in your chart right now, certainly the biggest shift that's right on the horizon here is the planet Uranus, which interestingly enough does in your chart rule your fourth house of home because it's, you have Aquarius on your fourth house, but that planet Uranus is going to be moving in this coming year. It's been moving through Taurus now, begun to dance through Taurus here in 2018, but really gets there to stay in 2019 and will enter your seventh house of relationship which includes not just oh. my personal relationships and most intimate relationships, mm-hmm. but also my relationship, the world will enter that mm-hmm. house, which means a dramatic change is on, on hand here for how I relate to my world. One could imagine could mean something coming into my life that shakes me up <laughs> or, mm-hmm. <laughs> or I place myself in a very different space and a whole altogether sense of community and friendship and, and, and relationship is now, is now before me. Um, so that certainly would be the first thing I would point to in this regard. Um, and sometimes when, we're, when we are buying or selling property or moving, we would always want to see something happening with regards to the fourth house, the house of home and family, the house of foundations. Um, and though I don't see anything directly happening there for you, that being that um, this is a year where um, – the moon is progressing into the fourth house or Jupiter's coming into your fourth house, things that we might typically expect. You could say maybe it's this Uranus movement into the, the seventh house, which really takes place starting in next spring of 2019, could be 
an element of this. But what is also occurring in your chart right now um, is that planet Pluto, that planet I keep talking about moving through Capricorn here, uh, marching through that sign. Um, you were born with that moon in Capricorn. And then 90 degrees away, there's your Venus in, in the sign of Libra. And this is the year, 2018 is the year that Pluto is on your moon while it's squaring your Venus. And so this is a profound year for emotional transformation and also value reconsideration and, and breaking down and rebuilding. Um, this is an epic year for you. Okay. I, I don't know what's going on, but this is a year where you struggle with that issue of how do I reconcile my moon in Capricorn and my Venus in Libra, my need for socially beautiful, meaningful experiences of relationship and love and beauty, and my need for order and structure, continuity and tradition too. I need these both. And this is the year that's being pointed out to you. How do you bring these together, hold them together? And so with Pluto on the ruler of the home, which is what the moon is, this is the year when your home is going through profound transformations. Um, are you selling or moving because you wish to or because you feel you yes. need or are being forced to or is it you, you're, no, you're choosing to. To, you want to? Yeah, I, just, I want to move. I just feel like this, where I am isn't home. Okay, well, that's another important thing to consider for you throughout your journey is that, again, you're born with your son. And that planet Uranus, again, started here next to your son in that 11th house with your son. And so is there's Pluto. Um, and that's the house of friendship and companionship. And when the sun, the center of our chart, is in the, that 11th house, the center of our life is community, is companionship, is friendship. Your whole life comes together when you look around yourself and say, these are my people, these are my friends, because that's how and the only way your happiness can come true, because they, them being happy makes you happy and you being happy makes them happy. Uh, right. And when you're not with your people, you could be with perfectly wonderful people, but they're not your people in the sense of all that you would wish to enjoy and share with those you love then your life will be really uncomfortable and go off the rails. Um, so if that's what's driving this, that I need to be within the proper communities or community or like where I live literally and the virtual communities of my life as, as they exist nowadays, that's essential for your well-being, without question. Um, so so I, I, I can't give you an exact timing. All I know is that certainly according to your chart, and again, it's, it's set for 10 a.m., which could mean, you know, that someone said, okay, it was 10 a.m., but was it 9.59 or 10.01? Hopefully they got it right, because somebody's got to be born at the exact hour. <laughs> it, it will happen. <laughs> uh, but my, whenever I see an exact hour, I have to say, well, is it true? Maybe, maybe so. Um, I would do that with any chart. I always know that the timing may be a little off, and so we don't want to be too caught up with timing as much as we are caught up with periods of time. Accurate. I'm pretty okay, sure no. accurate. Well, then I would say to the extent that it's accurate, there is no question that you are going to go through a fundamental change of social circumstances and relationship circumstances in your life in 2019. And it's most evident, certainly, um, as Uranus makes this move first into your seventh house in the month of May. 
Um, so if you're working to free yourself and become freer in your relationships with one or many others, then this energy will open doors and windows for you. If you're clinging to what was obviously a non-functional or dysfunctional relationships or communities, this will remove you from them. (laughs) So uh, one way or the other, there are huge changes taking place in your experience of your relationship to your world. And it's, it's there within six months when Uranus makes this move. I see. Okay. According to the astrologers yeah. that, that are on like YouTube and everything, they said for Virgo, Uranus is supposed to move to the ninth house. Uh, right. Well, yeah, that's, that's in what, what they do for um, when they're giving what are called sun sign forecasts, which are quite mm-hmm. significant mm-hmm. And, and valuable, um, but mm-hmm. also don't have the particular individual truth right. that so the real really truth accurate. Right. It puts your son at the ascendant and therefore you'd have Pisces on your seventh house and, and so on. So, and then Aries on the eighth and then that sign of Taurus would start on the ninth, but you aren't a Virgo with your son, right? You've got Scorpio rising. So for you, right. Uranus is going into the seventh house. Um, uh-huh. What is true though for and you? Ret- that would... And it retrogrades that and Uranus is supposed to retrograde that into Aries. Right. It's what retrograding now. It'll, 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 it's going to turn direct now again on January 2019 come into your seventh house if it's exact of your time that is by may 18th come back across around november the 12th and back once more and to stay in your seventh house for years to come on no on um on march the 7th of 2020 so it's dancing around there for a whole year which often happens stirring that area up um, oh, so, so, so back and forth between the 6th and 7th, is that correct? Between, between November, between uh, May 2019, running till March 2020. Yeah. Uh-huh. Three, three definite passes. And again, what's nice in your chart right now is the planet Jupiter. We always look at Jupiter to show where there's opportunity, growth, and expansion. It's in your first house now. It moved in there last fall and stays there right now till let's say December, 2018. And when Jupiter's in our first house, once every 12 years, we want to begin, need to begin a new cycle of growth and expansion in our life. Um, and so we putting out plans and putting out ideas and begin to see things moving forward, but it becomes more manifested, concretized, realized as Jupiter goes into the second house, which starts for you later this year. And therefore you'll find growth of your values and resources and sense of well-being will be the order of the day over the next 12 months, starting in December here or late November. Okay. And that should Sounds also mean good. that I feel more capable of mm-hmm. doing things because I have resources at my disposal. I can do that. And, and are you, where are, uh, do you live in, where are you, do you know where you're, well, you know where you are. Do you know where you're going? <laughs> Let's put it yeah, that way. Yeah, I'd like to, <laughs> yeah, I do. I'd like to go to the East coast. Okay. Uh, okay. Well, just, okay. Well, just, just quickly, and, and I've probably got to pick up somebody else here. Um, mm-hmm. When we're looking at a chart and we can do what's called astrocartography, we can see if I go to certain mm-hmm. places, how mm-hmm. does my life become influenced by that? How do I become more this or more right. that? Um, right. So, so right now you're on the West Coast or the Midwest or where are you now? Where? I'm in California and I, I'm California. thinking of going to New York, New York. Oh, New York to my town. Okay. <laughs> well, well, um, what I could, what I could tell you is I could look at your chart in New York to see what is brought forward here for you. 
um, and, and of course might see what recedes, but certainly can see how your chart is changed by that move. And I would imagine the most significant uh, changes you'll experience by coming this distance, coming from the West Coast to the East Coast here, is that here in the East, the rising planet of your chart is the planet Jupiter. You Ooh. go to where Jupiter is rising to feel free to express mm -hmm. yourself, to realize mm -hmm. less limitations and feel more expansion and growth. This is a place for joy, for truth, mm -hmm. for the discovery of truth, um, for expansive influences. Um, that's the fundamental factor that's brought into focus by being on the East Coast, you know, and, 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 and things like anywhere that. Anywhere on so, the East Coast, not necessarily Anywhere on the East Coast, York, but, but wow. yeah, it wouldn't wow. just be New York, but of course certain areas would resonate with it more. It really would be right. um, this Northeast area more than the Southeast for sure. Right. Yeah. Right. Definitely. Well, that's, okay. that sounds like a powerful uh, thing, you know. Um, Are we up a powerful place? I would certainly think so. No, Jupiter rising is not to be, you know, there are different things depending upon what you're looking for. Certain things are better. If you're looking to work hard, go where Saturn's strong. You're looking to have expansion and growth, go where Jupiter. I mean, you know, it depends on what your soul and you, you think you know you need. Uh, and by moving yeah. to that, you experience more of that. It's okay. more work, yeah. Heal, like to, to, to be a healer, you know, and just help people. Oh, wonderful. Well, the, well, Jupiter is where you go to follow your truth. <laughs> and of course, That's, Virgo is the yeah. sign of healing and health and healing. And um, you were born with Scorpio yeah. rising, which is often the sign of redemption and re renewal and transformation and healing. And the right. Mars of Scorpio, it's in your first house and it rules your sixth house of health and healing where you've got Aries. So, most yeah. all of us are here on a healing journey every sign, <laughs> but, right, but Virgo right. specifically is the sign of healing um, and going yeah. on, it's going on one's own healing journey. And then through that, those discoveries, then sharing that wisdom and help with others. Oh, that's so beautiful. Thank you, Bill. That, that's just confirmation that I'm making the right move. I think that sounds wonderful, but I, I didn't oh. know that Jupiter rising in the East Coast. So that that no, helps, helps me a lot. That, Okay, wonderful. Well, great. Well, it was great talking Thank to you, Priscilla. You. Do do stay in touch and and uh, I all will. The best Thank you. you. Okay. Thank you. Good luck with you. Thank okay. You. Bye bye. Okay. Bye. Okay. Let's see. Who is this? Hello. Hi. Is it me? Hi. It's me. Oh, good. <laughs> yes, it's me. Hi, me. <laughs> oh, Last. The last time when you picked up with Priscilla, I thought it was me. So oh, oh, no, that's okay. why. <laughs> My name Who, is Inga, is and you and I oh. have corresponded by email um, ah. a few times. Um, okay. I don't know if you remember. I emailed you uh, just an hour or two ago. Um, oh, to give sorry. Heads I, I, up. I, you already I, have yeah. my chart. Okay, I've been, I've been I've been busy, so I I didn't see it. Um, <laughs> so I do have that's your information, right. but okay. Um, so let me just see if I have you here. Let me go into my um, the database of already existing people. Do you want people. my email address? Uh, let, me, uh, let me just look at, let me see. Um, Inga, uh, you're I -N -G -E July, are, are you seven. July 17? Yes. Okay, there you are. Okay. okay, let me let me let me pick you up. Okay, so so um, we haven't spoken before though. So so hi there. No. Um, hi. So uh, what what's your question for me today, Inga? <laughs> well, uh, all right. Um, I put it down in the email so that well, at least I have it for myself. Um, Good. Okay. 
I live in northern Idaho. I, about seven years ago, I made a life change from a uh -huh. very intense giving profession, and I was living in New Orleans, where I'm not from. I am actually from nearby to you, in sort of, in New England. And there was sure. quite a different feeling. It's so interesting to hear you speak of the different feeling of New York and, and northern East Coast, because I, I, I'm struck by it these days. Anyway, I live in northern Idaho, made a big life change, and... Um, it took an early kind of retirement, uh, which oh keeps me enjoying frugal hedonism. Okay. I think I think it's good to be hedonistic and also frugal. That sounds like a good blend to me. Yeah. Okay. Yes, it is. It, it's okay. good, and I am on an individual kind of journey. Um, I've had a rich and broad life, and uh, I'm now. Retired on a little homestead, um, meaning that I'm taking some time to uh, loosen up what's been before uh, in order to arrive at a place for the next next things in my life. And okay. um, I have had this incredible luxury of solitude and quietude uh, in which to let dreams rampage and do things that. A lot of people never get to really do, and it's just been wonderful. But um, my question, or uh, what I've written in my email, is that um, essentially there's a conflict between this quietude to which I've grown accustomed, and I'm loath to relinquish it, and then there are pulls towards relinquishing this privacy uh, and including right. others more. Others take me very easy, take to me very easily. I'm very accessible to others. Um, I, I'm very. It, it's a I have skills, um, okay. and I feel and find something to love and respect wherever I turn um, with what I call, I call it my insta-mesh qualities, uh, which is a gift and a curse. I'm skilled with boundaries, um, but uh, perhaps need to pick up some psychic armor. I can feel right. overwhelmed and mentally invaded by others, and it's something which I manage with care, and I have some of that cancer, freaky, psychic stuff. It's always there. And oh, no, does sure. that make sense you're, so far? You're, Oh yeah, well you're you're a double cancer, cancer with cancer rising, and I say about all cancers and cancer rising people, oh, really? so you've got both. That your your strength your strength is your sensitivity. Uh, you four forty five a.m. right? Yes. Okay. Oh, no, in July seventeen fifty five. So you you are you are a cancer with cancer rising, but your moon is in Gemini. That's the Gemini you're probably oh. remembering. Oh. Um, and dear. by by having double cancer, cancer, cancer rising, your sensitivity is your strength. You are a sponge and you pick up readily on surroundings. If you move into a space, you can maybe sense what that space is good or it's not well, well done. Or in the social space, when you move into spaces of people, you can be amongst people and feel wonderfully enhanced by being around people who are balanced and good and around someone who's troubled or disturbed. Feel that and be often you're very affected by that. And so you're like a barometer there. You're like moving through time and space, feeling the energies around you. And therefore you need, you need every day to have moments where you clear and figure out what's me versus not me. So I'm not carrying all these energies of others or energy or spaces that I've moved into or moved through. Um, so whenever you're not feeling right, get to your space of centering because you need it every day. Um, and you're very, as you say, you're very adept at, feeling and sensing the needs of others and meeting them and their needs, but you might not be so good or have been good in the past 
in receiving back or asking for what you need. Other people would see you as someone who really doesn't have needs um, and you are capable of giving, but you don't seem to be at all as much as you need to or should be receiving. <laughs> and, and the only oh. way to break that is to let people know, I, I really need this, or whether I need to be alone or I need to be touched by you, whatever, because they may not be able to read you, whereas you can read them oh. clearly. It's like a one-way oh, mirror. Interesting. So oh, you're, very yeah, it's, it, you're very perceptive. Yeah, you're very perceptive, but like most, percept like most gifts, it's also a curse. <laughs> so you have to, as you yeah, said... Yeah. Keep, keep yourself open, but also have your armor up so that you don't get overwhelmed by the energies that you are encountering equally. And, and being alone and with yourself is fine. That moon in the 12th house requires that, um, and so that's fine. But in terms of where you are right now and looking at your chart, your progress chart, but more especially um, where Saturn's moving in your chart, it's been in your sixth house of health and healing and adjustment for several years now, probably all of 16, 17, and through 18. And mm -hmm. so for these last three years, it's been a time of reattunement, of adjustment, of finding peace within and creating a peace around myself, all in preparation for what's coming now. Your Saturn's right. about to move into your seventh house, and you're meant to go out in terms of defining and realigning your social space more. And that doesn't oh, mean you have to change okay. it radically, but it means the focus of your life in 2019 into 20 is going to be upon who I'm connecting to, how I'm connecting to them. My relationships mm -hmm. um, will be That's very, so very interesting. important. You know? Yeah, the universe so, has been sending me unusual and strikingly special people in really fluky manner. And I engage with them with interest and curiosity, but I, I place hiccups in the way. I'm not convinced to include them for reasons of protecting my quietude, I guess. And uh, But I know I eventually will need to budge. This is what this timeout has been all about. And I'm just wondering, is it now? Um, you know, what do you think? Well, I, I, I would think um, that it, probably will coincide with two shifts of energy here. One, Saturn moving into that seventh house for the next year plus, which actually it gets there, begins to move through there um, starting um, in November, <laughs> like in a week. <laughs> but, but not that you have to <laughs> jump at it right away, but it's when it begins. Um, no, it's already and, here. I can feel it. Uh, yeah, yeah, you would feel like I need to move out, and what I need to do is move into that third space, as I call it, a relationship. There's me, there's you, and then there's a relationship we create that's our connection and field of experiencing one another, and that's where you now need to put yourself into that more in a more meaningful way in this oh, next damn. phase, and that's, that's what's <laughs> before you. But again, every yeah. day, get your moments to collect and repair and center yourself because you need that with the moon in the 12th house. And like you said, because your, your Mercury is also in that 12th house, it's not just emotionally being perceptive about who or what I'm encountering. It's also your mind. And so you are picking up other people's thoughts in your own mind. It's like being telepathic. Um, but, that doesn't, yeah. but that also means that means it gets crowded in there and you also need then time to clear what was I thinking versus what was I picking up. So that clearing, that requirement for clearing is there every day for you um, to stay healthy. Okay. Right. Gotcha. Okay. Well, okay. thanks. That's pretty much it. And uh, <laughs> oh, by the way, you recommended Dane Rudyard to me, and I did read his Pulse of Life, and I've read some of the lunation cycles, and oh, I'm wonderful. loving it. 
Oh, no, he, 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 he is, I consider, I consider him my mentor. I, I, I stumbled into astrology uh, seemingly, and uh, one of the first people I thankfully stumbled into was him, and I devoured all his works and sort of it became, became fused with my own DNA. So I, you hear a lot of Dane Rudyard coming out in me. I, I acknowledge mm-hmm. other voices are in all of us, and he's one of the voices in me for sure. So thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> no, thank you for <laughs> turning me on to him. Um, okay. Well, thanks for your time. This has been great, sure. and I, you know, when I can, I will get hold of you again and set up uh, something. Well, sure, good. We'll have a reading. That's wonderful, Inga. Okay, we'll have a wonderful day, okay. and I'll talk to you again Thank soon. You okay, sure. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Okay, uh, let's see who else we have here. You've been waiting a long time, listener. Let's see. Let me hold on to you. And who am I speaking to? This is Bill. Hi. Hello. 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 <laughs> Hello. I know you've been waiting a long time. Who's this? This is Joyce. Joyce. Hi, Joyce. Have we spoken before? Hi, uh, yes, but we got cut off because you had 30 seconds left. Oh, gee, okay. But I think I was able to talk oh. beyond that 30 seconds, I hope, because I, I think no. the show – Oh, it does. Well, the show does – I found the show does go on, even though the listeners uh, – at that moment may not be able to uh, listen to me anymore on the broadcast, but let's see. Um, but anyways, we, I've got you now and we've still got time. So uh, what, what's your question for today or what are we talking about? My, okay. My birthday is October 8th, oh, I've got you. Uh, so 42, 2.54 PM in Providence. I've already got you on the screen. I'm, I'm ahead of you here. <laughs> yeah. I know we've had, pri- uh, we've done private uh, ses- sessions. Uh, oh, we I have. Oh, yeah. oh, sorry. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Like, happy birthday, Joyce. Happy birthday, Bill. Anyhow. Okay, good. Yeah. Uh, I'm having a, a real time with depression lately, probably because oh. I'm feeling suffocated by my circumstances. So, really, yeah. getting over that, I would like to know uh, on the horizon if there will be a move, which I'm hoping for. But um, and also a better financial condition when, let's say, when I'm left uh, single, which okay. is very possible. Okay. Um, in terms of the the experience of sadness, melancholia, depression, um, I would certainly point to more than anything right now, probably in your chart, as I'm looking at the various alignments. That again, that planet Pluto. It, comes up often in terms of looking at big factors in a chart. This is the year that you have been grappling with, influenced by. It can be gen- it can be helpful, but awful if it often is very painful. The planet Pluto going over your Mercury. I mean, this is something that only happen once or twice in a lifetime. Pluto again <laughs> is about the will and willpower and control. And when it knocks into our Mercury, the planet of our mind, we feel pressures on our mind from the thoughts we are immersed in it by others in terms of their positions, their points of view, their ideas, the noise out there pounding our own mind and, try, and maybe pushing us off our center, or we become caught up in a thought form or fear that we can't let go of. And it's like that song playing in your head and you can't knock the song out. So it's driving you mad or to distraction. And of course the twin messages are there. You have to maintain mental self-control. You have to, choose to pull your mind away from something you're focusing on too much and consider other things. So your mind is freer and lighter and not so obsessed 
And likewise, you need to also look at the external circumstances of people who are weighing in and trying to pull or push you, sway your ideas. They have every right to, to express an opinion or idea, but they have no right to make you think something or not think something. And so you have to stand your ground there. So it's really a battle taking place in the realm of mind and your own mind. And really the message, as always, is all that matters is that you maintain your own self-control and not be um, uh, uh, losing your mind as opposed to like, not being at your own control. Like means you're like, I can't stop thinking about something or being under, under the, the pressures of others seeking to sway my mind, which is oppressive. The good news is here that you've been going through this all year long, as I'm sure you're aware, but you've only got less than a month to go. And then Pluto will move beyond that Mercury and leave you alone. But that means this last month of November, it's building in. So you're feeling it weighing in on you again now pretty strongly as it probably was in the summer. Um, And so you've been through it before and you know what this is. I need to use my techniques of maintaining my own thoughts not letting myself give way to negative thoughts or fear-based thoughts. That means I've got to, when I feel a negative thought coming on, I've got to think about something loving. What do I love? What makes me feel love? And break my mind from getting caught in a negative um, pattern. And likewise, when I encounter negativity out there, realize that's just misunderstanding. People are fearful, angry, negative because of their own fears. And I, I understand that. I feel compassion but I'm not going to let that affect me. I'm going to look at the good and know that mostly in the world there is good and people are good. And though there are people who are behaving poorly or badly, uh, most people will do the right thing and are going to be good (laughs) in, in most circumstances. So we have to counter the argument that there's disaster everywhere, which there isn't. There mostly is everywhere in human hearts and human conduct with one another, kindness and consideration and love. It's there. And we just have to remember that and act on that to not be part of the problem that's occurring on the planet right now. (laughs) But still, uh, this would be a really challenging time for what you're going through. There's no question you're not making this up. Um, The good news is you're almost done and you will be freed from this. Um, and, and and, And meanwhile, the progressed moon in your chart, it's been moving through your sixth house of health and healing. So this is certainly a time when you are being asked to sort of try to create a life for yourself, a a daily routine, the weekly routine, the monthly and yearly routines of work and play and activity and rest that makes sense to you. So you're at peace because, again, out in the world, it looks like there's chaos. And at times there is, (laughs) but but inside and in our own little world, we can create these islands of peace and truth and then connect with other people who are also aligned with universal truth and love and beliefs and anchor that that peace. So I would certainly suggest that you not not fall for the belief that it's all falling apart and I'm falling apart. But actually, as things fall apart, we realign and come to came to come to a better and truer alignment in our life. And this is your time. This is a time of healing for you. And that healing and adjustment will lead to much better social and relationship experiences. But that's what's coming in 2019. This period of healing is going to be continuing into 2019. You're not, you're not done with it yet. Um, but the pressure on your mind, the, the, like being caught in a vice or feeling this tremendous pressure on your brain and mind, that's almost done. You're almost through. You just got to hang on a little bit longer, but also 
take steps to alleviate it, things that brighten your day, lighten your mind, and use your mind to focus on things that are meaningful and true and not obsess about things that are distractions or untrue. Okay? Well, I'm a little bit, not a little bit, uh, because of an age difference in my marriage, I'm placed in almost a caretaker's position. So I'm, right. I'm ready to walk out the door to do something and... Yeah, well, and you and you well, well again. I mean, the moon in the sixth house, as I said, that's a time of healing and adjustment. But that's also the house of service and sacrifice. And often, when the moon goes through there, we are tasked with, for whatever reason in our life, taking care of someone who we have made that commitment to or have that relationship with now. Ago. Yeah, right. a long time ago, we all we all serve and we all take care of each other, um, and so. To, to whatever extent you can get help with that, to alleviate your own pressures with that, you should make use of that. And how long this, this process will last depends upon what the karma of that person is. And so we could certainly privately talk about at some point, uh, and I could look at your, maybe it's in your folder, the other person in your life here and see how yeah. they're looking at their life and how, how much longer they are going to be able to maintain their life and existence on this planet. Are we talking that Please, you're dealing with? Yeah, are you dealing... I know what you said, and you do have that information, and we right. have talked about it a while back. So one, okay. uh, the other question was, uh, is there a possible move? Of course there's a possible move. You're like you're right. telling the other woman she's not with her people. I'm not right. with my people, and I Either. know Either, okay. <laughs> okay. Well, for you, in terms of a move, I would think that this is a time, again, with your moon in the sixth house, that you would feel ill at ease because your life and your lifestyle, the whole arrangements of your life, are not working for you. And whatever you can do to, whatever you can do to make it work in the littlest ways to the biggest ways, just little routines and little little rituals or habit patterns or arrangements to make it more livable for now, you should, so you can maintain some kind of peace in your life. In terms of a big change coming, like location, um, I don't I don't see anything that says to me, oh, that's that's imminent, that's about to happen. Uh, I don't I don't see it right now. That doesn't mean it, there won't be a change sooner than later, but right. we would need to look at uh, other factors. But I would think it's right. probably right it's, it's at least a year away, if not more. That's what yeah. I would okay. that's what I would imagine it to be. It's when that moon goes into your seventh house, which is about a year from now, probably in the fall of 2019, is when some kind of transition and change to a new kind of social experience in your life would be more likely than not. Holy cow, okay. I just get goosebumps. <laughs> That's funny. Okay. Oh, again, again, everything's dependent upon people making choices, oh, making choices and making making changes in and and the energies and how they unfold, but that's when something is due to change in your experience of your relationship to the world. Okay, okay, and the other thing was a better income, but I, I have a very good income now, but it's dependent on who I'm living with. Ah, so that will also have to change totally. then. Yeah, okay. Okay, well, we can look at that. You can call me up or send me an email, and we'll we'll look at that. Because as you said, the show, the show is going to cut us off again. Okay, <laughs> so. I'll call you and make an appointment. 
that'd be wonderful, Joyce. Good to talk to you. And and again, uh, all, all the all the best to you. And I'll talk to you again in the future. Okay. Yeah, you made me an honor honorary Aquarian. <laughs> oh, I, I, I let me let me oh, hold on. Why did I why did I say that? Let me take a look at you again. One more second. That's uh, because you're you because you have Uranus rising. Yes, you are an honorary Aquarian. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you. My okay. Okay. Bye bye. Well, thank you, everyone. Uh, thank you for calling, and thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoyed the show. And again, I'll be doing another show again uh, in two weeks, uh, September, I believe it's the 17th. I'll look for me then, okay, at 2 p.m. Bye for now.